Good morning. It is Monday, March 20th, 2023, and this is DC Signal to Noise. Since we last spoke, the U.S. banking system has been shaken to its core again, and European banks are taking steps to stop it from happening there as well. USDA Secretary Tom Vilsack testified on Capitol Hill. We'll get Jim Wiesmeyer's response to all of that coming up here in a bit. Cold temperatures locked into the Midwest. Going to stick around for a little while. And the NCAA basketball tournament is down to the Sweet 16. And if anybody out there has got a perfect bracket after all of that, I'd be shocked. I'm not ruling it out, but I'd still be shocked. Welcome to you all. Glad that you're with us. I'm Agri Talk host, Chip Flory. And that right there is pro former policy analyst Jim Weismeyer. What are you laughing about? You know, somebody at a bar that's had too much to drink, uh, throwing at a dartboard, probably is probably the number one picker of the NCAA. Uh, right. Which shows again to me, Chip, that uh, it looks like the southern and eastern states just are better than the Midwest. I mean, oh, the- you are a. <laughs> And our good friend Haney from Canada predicted Purdue. You know, here's the deal. Here's the deal how it usually goes right here. My wife and I were talking about it last night. As soon as you get built up as being the best conference in the whole dang nation, you get into the the NCAA tournament and they you just get beat up. That's the bottom line. There have been plenty of years when, oh, the ACC is clearly the best conference in the nation, and the next thing you know, they're down to two teams getting into the final 32. It it happens all the time. So keep that little Midwest comment to yourself there, (laughs) East Coast boy. Virginia, Virginia, you're Virginia. You you are Virginia. But we lost at the buzzer. I don't care. Does that move it? Does does that move the 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 game from the right column to the left column? It was sad. No. It was sad. And I the one Midwest team I was rooting for, Missouri. Uh, they lost. Uh, they basically got blew out uh, by uh, uh, FDU, and uh, could be the second straight Elite Eight for the Garden State in New Jersey. Chip. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely crazy stuff, crazy stuff. All right, again, welcome to you all. Uh, glad that you're here. Just a reminder there is a comments tab over there on someplace on your screen that you can click on that and be part of the conversation. Melody, thank you. Glad that you're back. And Larry, yes, the NCAA tournament might be a scam. I, I, I'm not gonna rule any of that out, okay. Um, <laughs> okay, let's get to it. And I want to start with some of the things that happened last week. And we've got to start with what was really kind of, uh, uh, I, I will call it, uh, it's a contentious, it was a contentious, uh, event on Capitol Hill when USA secretary Tom Vilsack went up there to testify, Jim, just what was your general take on it? And then I've got some specifics to get to. Well, you know, he, uh, Vilsack is, he wants fundamental reform in the farm bill. And, you know, the, the old adage, the administration proposes, Congress disposes. Uh, he is really attached onto this size uh, and, and the, yeah. and the, the, the demographics of 
farming. And boy, that doesn't uh, that doesn't pass muster with the more oriented production agriculture oriented farm state lawmakers on both sides of the political aisle, Jeff. Right. Right. You know, I've got nothing against supporting uh, in in Vilsack's definition, smaller farmers. And what he is talking about are produce farmers. Uh, he's talking about the guys that, that uh, or the, I shouldn't say the guys, the producers that participate in farmers markets on a weekly basis. That's who he is looking to support. But Jim, the conversation that you guys had on Friday's AgriTalk uh, on the uh, uh, free-for-all, geez, I've been gone for one and I already forgot what it's called, on the free-for-all, it, it, I thought you guys absolutely nailed it. it for Secretary Vilsack to think that a small farm uh, like that should provide enough revenue for the family to thrive might be a little bit out of bounds. Is he signaling a guaranteed income? I, I Is that what he's doing? I don't, I don't know. know. No, I will let him say that. But that's the only way it pencils out to me, Jeff. And again, I agree with you that the farm bill needs to be adjusted to bring in other commodities, especially in the revenue assurance yeah. and other aspects of the insurance programs. But that's going to be a plus for agriculture, because if the Corn Belt states of Illinois, Iowa and others don't understand that, they're, they're going to be uh, they're going to be behind the eight ball in, in the new farm bill developments. Right. They're going to have to give a little. Right. Right. And the. Uh... He, without coming out and saying big is bad, he is looking at, he, he did say that maybe we should put some limits on supports out there. Uh, well, it's been suggested. Additional limits. Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, he, he did call on uh, farmer secretary, Sonny Perdue. Yeah. He kept saying, Sonny said, get bigger, get out. And he, yeah. he said, I don't agree with that. So it's getting kind of a, he, he said, he said on this one, uh, bottom line is that we have some very sensitive issues. And it also got into the Commodity Credit Corporation right. uh, uh, area uh, where he tapped uh, over $3 billion for climate change programs. And and he said, it was interesting, Vilsack said, you know, that was proposed and backed by uh, more than a few farm commodity groups. Well, uh, if you were debating, Chip, uh, then you would say, oh, well, you listen to everything the commodity groups yeah. say. They want more money in, yeah. for the farm bill. So, yeah, I think yeah. that was a fallacious argument. Yeah. Yeah, that that's uh, uh, it, it's interesting. And, you know, when when you bring in all what is it, two point just over two million farmers, if you in. If you stretch the definition of farming to its smallest level. To the sundowners. To the sundowners, yeah. There's like 2 million farms out there, something yeah. like that. Okay, so when he starts talking about uh, nearly 50% of farmers have not made money over the last two years, while the largest farmers, uh, the commercial farmers, production agriculture, 
uh, have been making the money. He says, it, it's, it's, his quote is, this is not small versus large situation, but 90% of our farmers need help. That might be getting back to your idea of uh, guaranteed compensation. Yeah, it's really shades. I, I, in fact, I'm going through my own personal ag library here at my house. It's the shades of the Carter administration when he first came in. They did a lot of research in this area, Chip. So we may mm -hmm. have more on that in coming shows. Okay, very good. Very good. Um, what else from Vilsax? Uh, you, you mentioned the Commodity Credit Corporation and the funding there. Uh Grassley didn't back away from him on that at all, did he? He said, you shouldn't be doing it. No, uh, but he uh, Grassley also got in his payment cap thing. Yep, that, that. yep that's and, what I was And talking. interestingly so, Vilsack said that's very complicated to do, to, to put payment limits on, you know, further tightening. And he's correct there. You know, because if you put in too many payment caps, uh, Chip, you lose the carrot because you have too much of a stick. And they, they won't say it like that, but, but that's the way it is. Yeah, it was it opened up a lot of uh, areas uh, that, that needs to be that needs to be debated. Right, right. What else from the uh, oh farmland ownership that was discussed uh, foreign farmland ownership? I think Vilsack was correct when he challenged some lawmakers saying, you know, if you start limiting uh, uh, farmland ownership to XX and X, what about other countries? And he listed the four major countries that own U.S. farmland, Japan included in that, Europe, etc. I thought it was a fair point he made. And I'm hearing that uh, during my speeches in farm country. This is not an open and shut case on farmers' attitudes ab about denying uh, the purchase of U.S. farmland. Now, in the case of China, there's always exceptions to the rule. And you, you, you can uh, you know, make a case for that, I guess. Uh, but also the Wall Street Journal late last week, Chip, had a very good uh, uh, interview with the CEO of Smithfield. The vast majority of acres owned by, quote, China is as a result of the purchase of Smithfield. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Vilsack also addressed the development of a vaccine for avian influenza. Basically, said we're still a long ways away from from getting there. Yes, and he put he put levity to the uh, uh, issue because he said, uh, you know, it has to be tested. You can you can announce a breakthrough, but it's you, we're years away. And and I, again, I from everybody, I most people I know in the industry, he he was spot on on that one. Okay. All right. Uh, anything else from the Vilsack testimony that you feel like we need to mention? If I think of it, I'm going to have to recall my okay. topics of last Friday, but I'll, I'll come back to that. Okay, very good. USDA also officially uh, announced funding for the emergency grain storage program. That's available now. 
Uh, yeah, they actually had a, a kind of signaled that a week or so ago, but they finally put it in Friday's Federal Register chip. So uh, there's, there's some dates involved there. Uh, but bottom line, we've seen over the decades at ProFarmer that if you have, in most cases, if you have on-farm grain storage, it just expands your uh, you know marketing opportunities to what, uh, 18 months or longer on a crop. Okay. All right. Uh, and one last thing from last week, we had to delay the CFTC had to delay the commitment of traders report again. It, they're getting close to getting current, but it's not there yet. They are getting close. Yeah. And I covered that this morning, uh, but they didn't. I think they said uh, they, they just didn't have the adequate staff to, to you know, get through it all, Chip. Uh, so but they intend to issue the missed uh, reports, hopefully by the end of, of this week. And from a market aspect of that, you know, I, I know you know him. He's a good friend of mine, commodity analyst and commodity trader. Richard Crow told me this morning, the commodity market has seen the liquidation of spec longs. If the commitment of traders report were current, he said the corn market is likely net zero. Soybean oil, the market is short. The wheat market is short. Soybeans and soybean meal market is long. He said the cattle market is believed to be still long. This means the commercial market dominates as the business develops mm -hmm. or does not develop. And I, I think he's spot on there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, at one point, I don't know if they're still there or not, but at one point it felt to me like wheat was dealing with a record short position. And... Uh, <laughs> That was that that was downside momentum like we hadn't seen it for a while. Yeah. Uh, back to the Vilsack testimony here just real quick. A comment from Adam Lash I think is really good here. Look where ag is after 20 years of our current system, older, less flexible, and more centralized. Then he says, for the record, I'm not in favor of blanket supports, but I do think we are over-incentivizing row crops to the detriment of rural communities. It's a debate that should occur. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know what? And I'll throw something in on top of that. Um, you, when you go through the areas that are heavy in the CRP, where 25% of the county has been uh, ha has been uh, enrolled in the Conservation Reserve Program, there's ghost towns. There are ghost towns because it's a completely agricultural area economy. And you, you just... If it's an eight-cylinder engine, you just knocked out two of them. Uh, you know uh, that's that's the bottom line there, and and it's uh, there there is give and take. Boy, you, you got that exactly. And right. on top of this, again, these are sensitive issues, Chip. But you know we don't shy away from those. Yeah, when right. you look at the crop insurance program, mm -hmm. one could make a case that that's tilting toward certain crops. And sure. So let the discussion begin yeah yeah okay over the weekend a black uh black sea grain deal was extended for two months or was it three months or what what was it <laughs> we don't know for sure if you listen to everybody else other than russia it was 120 days if you listen to russia 60 days it's important chip because if it's only 60 days that's right before ukraine's uh wheat harvest I'd bet that it's only for 60 days and, and you got to watch who's got their their finger on the trigger when you're trying to figure out just how long it's been extended for. Yes. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also over the weekend, 
UBS bought uh, Credit Suisse. It's uh, Credit Suisse last at the end of last week was like a seven billion dollar bank. Eight and billion. You, Eight, huh? billion. Eight, Eight billion dollar bank, and UBS got it for two. Uh, three point two. Okay. It kept changing. The early reports on the weekend was two billion. Then when it finally came out, it was three point two billion U.S. dollars, three billion dollars in francs. What's going on? Uh, how does this feel to you? It, it it feels ugly here. I've been through this before, and so have you. Yep. Uh, the, the my headline was uh, another weekend of financial firefighting. Cast gloomy tone for the week ahead. You know, when I wrote my news summary this morning, Chip, you know, it just it was re really pretty somber. And uh, yeah, I don't like to be that negative. But notice over the weekend also that our U.S. Federal Reserve joined five other central banks. Yeah. In a move, they said to ease liquidity concerns in global markets. We haven't seen that until right around the early COVID days, Chip. So they're positioning here. And uh, that, that means I think some more dominoes are going to fall. And uh, as far as impacting, potentially impacting the U.S. ag sector, you've got to watch these regional banks. Uh, and and, and uh, that's the concern because they're, they, they some of them, one study that New York Times reported says that as many as 190 more lenders could fail. This is New York Times. So, I, you know, these are uh, uh, issues here that one has to watch out for. Why it's important for ag? Because, of course, regional banks are very yeah. top heavy in, 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 in the rural countryside. Yep. You know, when, when I talk with economists about the condition of ag, and where we are, the impact of higher interest rates and, and everything. Uh, Jim, I always bring it back. I always bring it back to the condition of the rural banking system, because as you well know, in the 1980s, uh, the, the farm crisis started in the early 80s but it became a, a an unmanageable crisis when it became a banking crisis yes and early on early on in the farm crisis farms that farms that shouldn't have been taken under were taken under because those farms had something that the banks could get it became a real crisis when the banks started owning Farms that had zero equity, zero net worth, zero. That's when it became a serious issue. Um, I, I, it, it almost feels like a bit of a reverse role here where the banking system could drag the ag economy down. You know, another similarity is Warren Buffett, uh, uh, has been talking with the Biden administration about potentially investing in those U.S. regional banks, Chip. And recall yeah. that he invested, uh, what, $5 billion in Bank of America in 2011. And then yeah. he also came to the aid of Goldman Sachs in 2008. So there's another trend there to watch out for. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, of course, Senator Warren uh, would like to see an investigation into how the Fed has failed, how all these decisions have been made. And that's uh, that's putting a lot of pressure on, on Fed Chairman Powell. 
heading into this week's FOMC meeting. Yeah, Tuesday and Wednesday. This is going to be probably one of the most closely monitored presser uh, and announcement by the Fed, the Federal Open Market Committee. I wouldn't um, have one. You know, meeting, Chip. And uh, so will the Fed uh, uh, not do anything? Will they hold with the rates? If they 30% do, odds now. Yeah. If they do, uh, th that'll signal to some, if not many, that they're, that we have more to worry about this banking crisis than they're letting on. If they do increase uh, uh, rates, uh, 25 basis points, that means they're not uh, losing the side of inflation. Okay. It, yes, I, I agree. I agree. I, there's, there's lots of nuanced messages that are going to be sent by whatever the fed does and it the markets will tell us what the ultimate message is i understand that and figuring it out leading up to it is i think is next to impossible um it it's really something as long as we're on this topic i think we should probably get gary's comment in here don't you think uh he says chip and jim is there a bingo card or a checklist that we can use to officially call it when the United States is a banana republic? Also, look into the veto that Christine Nome did last week on the Universal Commerce Code. It would change definition of what would be considered legal money blocking cryptocurrency. Well, we'll check on that. We'll have to check into it, Gary. Yes, thank you. Follow Christine. I, I don't know anything about that one. But as far as where the U.S. is heading, <laughs> that's kind of the malaise that you hey. hear from a growing number of citizens in this country. Well, what if uh, what if former President Trump is correct and he is arrested on Tuesday? I wanted to shy away from that, but, you know. Uh, 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 oh, well, the, I, that's usually what I do, Jim. I let you shy away from me. <laughs> Most people say that, uh, well, Trump, we know, makes up things as they go along in some cases. Uh, I can't get the cre credence that it's going to be Tuesday if it happens. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, but it, it is cause for, of course, he's he's implored uh, protest. And then that got uh, former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi over the weekend to really come out of her nest and say, no, 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 no. It's yeah. just a volatile situation, and it would be unprecedented, Chip, if that were to occur, whatever day that, that it uh, happens. Yes, it would. Sad day. Sad day. Yes, it would. But, um, well, yeah, it'll be a sad day, and, and it, it uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure exactly where to go with this, Jim, because we, we've got it just... A, a lack of uh, a, a lack of respect anymore for the office, and it comes from both sides. Yeah. It, it's it's, uh, and I'm not saying that it, that if he broke the law, he shouldn't be held accountable. Speaking of Trump, um, but I'm I'm just saying if if that's your attitude, it's like in these basketball games, Jim. Last night. Last night, I heard an announcer in the Stanford uh, – oh, shoot. Can't even think of who Stanford was playing right now – in the women's basketball game. She said something like, not at this point in the game. You don't call that at this point in the game. 
if you call it in the first 30 seconds of the game, you call it in the last 30 seconds of the game, period, yeah. end of story. Keep it consistent. There's zero consistency in America when it comes to attitudes about the office right now. It's just well, and especially away. I take two other legal entities in New York looked into the situation and they did not indict. So right. Why is this one different? And that's a that's a fair question to to raise. You right. know, I don't know where this is going to end, but I do know where it really began in earnest the night of the State of the Union address when then Speaker Nancy Pelosi tore up. Yep. On national television, President Trump's State of the Union address, the most right. ugliest incident I've seen uh, yep. for, for, for a national leader. Yep. That was it right there. OK. Xi, Chinese President Xi is going to be spending time with Russian President Putin this week. Oh, this is war games right here. Well, as the Russia-Ukraine war goes, so does uh, China, because it's obvious they've tilted toward Russia. He's trying to, to uh, 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 you know, you know, thin the needle. Uh, but uh, sorry, uh, he's tilted. Of course, the watch will be on for for of any China support for uh, lethal weapons. I think that they're too smart to make that easy to find out. But he's obviously going over to uh, Moscow uh, through uh, Wednesday, I believe, and for, for support of the beleaguered uh, leader called Vladimir Putin. So, yeah, yeah we have to watch what, uh, you, know, you know, what goes on behind the scenes, not not in their public statements. Right. Right. OK, uh, Jim, I believe as of this morning, we are officially operating under a new waters of the U.S., uh, final rule. Yeah, it took effect. And as I wrote uh, on the week ahead, the re the real issue continues to be what the Supreme Court will say. But but uh, the the uh, Biden administration thinks that they have a more flexible approach to waters of the U.S. It's actually not going to be implemented right away, Chip, because EPA says they just don't have the manpower quite yet to uh, implement it. So we have some time to really go through the official uh, language that is out uh, right now. So Again, we're going to have to give it a, uh, a no a no grade pending the Supreme Court ruling no later than June of this year. Okay. Do we pay attention to the efforts at Congress to change the rule? Uh, no. You're wasting okay. your time. Yeah. Okay. Because they won't have the votes even if it gets to uh, Biden to override a, a already threatened uh, veto. So, you know, votes are not there. Does that mean they shouldn't try it? No, no, it's, it's okay. But I wouldn't spend much time on it. Okay. Uh, more farm bill hearings this week. Yeah, we have one on agricultural research, which I always like to listen to. Because how many farm bills I've been through, 11 of the 19 in our history, uh, they talk a good game on agricultural research funding, but near the end of every farm bill, they whack it down from early early increases. And it's of more importance because a number of uh, groups uh, uh, have written to uh, lawmakers uh, noting correctly that at the current time, China and the European Union now spend more on public agricultural research than the United States. 
that is not a good situation because ag research has brought us, is one of the key elements, Chip, as you well know, who has brought U.S. agriculture our competitive advantage in most areas of the world. That's right. Okay. Okay. Uh, what about, real quick, hit us up on trade policy because uh, I, I think we're starting to get some a little more clarity to what the Biden administration trade policy might be. A little more clarity, but it's really going to be, uh, uh, you know, fleshed out, Chip, Thursday and Friday when U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai testifies on the Biden tr trade agenda. So uh, lawmakers from both political parties are antsy. They want a little more uh, uh, meat on, on the trade policy bone. And a number of them are upset that the Biden administration is taking a is taking Congress out of the picture and doing these uh, uh, bilateral pacts that the administration says does not need Congress's approval. So you're going to see that dealt with Thursday and Friday in questioning of time. OK. All right. Uh, one last one. Is EPA going to allow California to phase out diesel trucks? That's what the Washington Post is reporting that, you know, recall that California wants to have its own tailpipe, uh, you know, pollution regulations that are stricter than the federal uh, requirements. That's California 101. Now, this is just not California because any waiver of officially announced by EPA could impact uh, six uh, other states that uh, have already committed to following California's tougher standards, Chip. It's one to watch. Okay. All right. So as the as the tournament continues, have you got a pick for the the final? I didn't even fill out a bracket this year. I was out last week, didn't even fill out a bracket. Uh, well, I'd have to look. I, I you know, I I'm, don't know. I don't know. I, now I, I'll say this. I'll say this, and I know I just said it. I didn't fill out a bracket, but I'll I, I'll tell you this. I would have had Houston winning it. Houston is good. Oh, uh, that's a crazy team. Fast. Wow. Wow. You know, Princeton is a fighter. What? Miami Hurricanes are good. I'm just going through my list. Hey, anybody that's anybody that's left. Hell, anybody that was in the tournament was good. Florida Atlantic Isles, number nine. They're, they're still left. Is Do we have a number two? San Diego State, number five. Yeah. Uh, trying to see if. Oh, here. Oh. Uh. Midwest Regional. Let's see. <laughs> the Musketeers. Yeah. Michigan State. You can never rule out Michigan State. No, you can never rule out Izzo. You can't do that. Oh, Izzo, Kansas State sure. Wildcats are still in? That's right. That's oh, they're right. number three seed. Okay, I'll go to Kansas State. Oh, wow. All right. Yep, yep, there yep. you go. All right. Thank you, Jim. Hey, today on AgriTalk, we've got Machine Repeat. Mike Steenhook will give us an update on transportation issues. And Chris Bliley from Growth Energy will report in following the group's executive leadership conference. This afternoon, we've got Preston Zachariah from CHS Hedging. Have a great week, everybody. Keep watching for those signals.